I'm so excited to welcome our next guest. She's freaking amazing. She's like the expert on this, really. Uh, I wanted to talk about wealth and Christianity because I think faith is, faith is so important to entrepreneurs. And you're, uh, Beverly, you're just so skilled at this. You're a master teacher. You've actually been a teacher before you switched into coaching. And um, I love that you're helping Christian coaches become wealthy because I think there's so many myths in Christianity that need to be dispelled by somebody who actually does read the Bible, who um, you know is faith-based. And uh, we're gonna have some amazing insights onto this great interview. So please welcome the very beautiful and very smart Beverly. How are you doing? Hey, thank you so much. Because <laughs> yeah, no we were hanging out in Austin a couple years ago, yeah. and then we're just eating. We're just like, just like talking about family and then just our business and just there's so many things I related to um, with you. So um, you, uh, you offer such a unique perspective. So can you tell us like, what do you do with Christian coaches in your, in your own words? So yes, yeah, so I, I am a business strategist and I target specifically Christian female coaches. And what we do, I help them to create financially successful businesses where they're creating more impact and income without compromising their Christian values. Mm -hmm. And so that has been a really huge thing, uh, especially in the online space. And I, and I speak from my perspective of when I came into this space, getting caught up. Mm -hmm. in a lot of stuff trying to you know generate the revenue and mm -hmm. and all that stuff to the point where I was compromising my Christian values mm -hmm. the things that you know I was doing things that were out of alignment mm -hmm. with God's will and his word for for my life and so and once I realized what was going on you know I had to slow down I had to repent but I also realized I was not the only one and mm -hmm. so I'm like okay God you know I know we can have this you know, this financially successful business, we can do it on our own terms in the sense of I don't have to compromise who I am. And so, um, you know, based on, I, I call it my six figure five P framework. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we literally, you know, the five P's of this is, you know, partnering with God. So what do we do, you know, as a Christian entrepreneur to ensure that we're plugged into our source? So how do I partner with him in my business, even if the people that I serve are not Christian or they're not faith-based? Mm -hmm. How do I ensure that I'm coming from that space and that place where I'm in alignment with his will and his word for my life and my business? So that's the first P. And then the second one is, you know, positioning myself as an expert. So, you know, what makes me stand apart? So as a believer in business, you know, I have things, I have tools that someone who's not a believer doesn't have access to. And that definitely is a part of my faith in, in who we are. So being able to position myself as that expert. The next P is how to package my genius. So how do I take the skill set, the expertise, all of this stuff, my God-given talents, how do I package that into an offer for my people that I serve? And then also the next P is pricing. How do I price my genius? And the same thing, that's one of the biggest areas where my people struggle is you know pricing and i know we'll talk more about that when it comes to being a faith-based entrepreneur and talking about money and talking about wealth so that's something that we talk about how to actually price their genius and then that fifth p is how to promote their genius so what do i put out there online you know when it comes to actually having people to buy my services you know what do i put in my what's part of my content my messaging so we do the online piece and we also talk about how do you promote yourself um, offline as well. 
so that is like yeah in a nutshell yeah. <laughs> I love that. Of course you're a teacher. You're so organized. <laughs> I love that. So, um, like, uh, why do you think faith is important in coaching? So, you know, for, for myself and the people that I serve, I found it more and more, because when I initially started off, I wasn't targeting Christian, Christian coaches. Mm-hmm. But the more I went, the more my, I developed a relationship with Christ, especially as an entrepreneur. Like I was digging in hard, holding on. I'm like, okay, God, look, because <laughs> being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> and so I found myself more and more, you know, in my messaging, speaking about God and speaking about Jesus and talking about scriptures and stuff like that to the point where I couldn't separate the two. Mm. And so, you know, I was like, I, I got to this space in this place because of him. Mm-hmm. And so acknowledging him in all that I do, I just, I couldn't separate it anymore. And mm-hmm. so for me, you know, because my faith is so important to me, it's mm-hmm. so important to, you know, my coaching. And so that is actually what a lot of people, the reason why my clients gravitate toward me and they tell me all the time, you know, I love the fact that you are unapologetic mm-hmm. about your relationship with God. And like, you don't try to hide that. You don't try to cover that. You know, I walk powerfully in that and I own it. And so for a lot of them, it actually gave them permission mm-hmm. to say, you know, you know what, I am faith-based, you know, and I'm not going to hide that, you know, and if that bothers you or if that's offensive to you, you know, then you can, you have the decision of whether or not you want to work with us. Because we know when it comes to entrepreneurship, like you don't talk about mm-hmm. religion, you don't talk about politics, you know, and so <laughs> this is kind of taboo yeah. to talk about, but mm-hmm. I just, for me, I could not separate the two. Mm-hmm. I see. So thank you for that. I love that uh, because I think a lot of the online space has coaches who are not in integrity. So it's so mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. to hear that you have a biblical, like Bible-based, Christianity-based practice. So um, what does the Bible actually say about wealth? And see, that's where a lot of, I'm going to put this word in quotation marks, controversy comes when I feel like being Christian mm-hmm. um, because there's this taboo there are, to me, some misconceptions and misinterpretation <laughs> when it comes to scripture. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, because people were running run around, and I remember when this is when I was younger, I was like, well, mama, it said in the Bible that, you know, the love of, uh, no, that money is the root of all evil. She's like, that's not what the scripture says. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of us, we quote, we quote scripture, but we don't need to go back and look, for, look at it for ourselves. So we go back and we base it on what someone else is saying or someone else's interpretation. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my thing is, how about you go and you read it for yourself? And so for me, that was part of my journey. Like, I'm like, you know, Bev, go back and see what it says for yourself in the word when it comes to wealth mm-hmm. uh, and when it comes to prosperity. Mm-hmm. And so even digging into the word for myself, and I always tell my clients, like, anytime we're setting goals or anything, I'm like, let's base that on scripture. You know, let's stand on God's promises. So that, you know, we have that and we can go to him and say, well, God, you said in your word that, you know, X. And so for a lot of that, you know, we do stand on some of the scriptures that are based on wealth. So mm-hmm. one of my favorites is Jeremiah 29, 11. So that mm-hmm. one's, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a uh, hope in a future. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. you, yeah, so just kind of, you know, that particular thing where it says prosper And so for me, um, you know, prosperity and wealth, it is the material part. Like there's no denying that, Mm -hmm. but there's also, you know, making sure that I prosper in my health, making sure that mentally I'm prospering, my family, my relationships, 
all of those things are prospering as well, because, you know, because I'm like, you know, and that's a scripture as well, you know, what is it for me to gain all this wealth, but then lose my soul? Like, what is it for me to have all of this stuff, but your family's falling apart or your health is falling apart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So just, you know, standing on those scriptures, um, there's another one, Proverbs 14, 23, our hard works bring the profit. So, you know, once again, you know, if I'm working, you know, being an entrepreneur, then there should be profit that is coming from the work of my hands. Um, you know, Deuteronomy 8.18, you know, but remember for it's the Lord your God that has given you the ability, ability to produce wealth. Uh, so that that way we can confirm his covenant here that he swore to our ancestors. And so, you know, John 10.10, 10, and a lot of us know that when, you know, uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life so that you can have life more abundantly. You know, we serve a God that does exceedingly abundantly above we can, anything we can ask or think. So, you know, there's so much scripture that is, you know, based on and around wealth. And I think with some of the misconceptions that we have, because people are like, you know, well, Jesus is poor and da-da-da. I'm like, no, I, you know, so yeah, just, it, but it is, it could be a battle to, um, you know, try to overcome someone's mindset when it comes to wealth, especially as a Christian. So I don't need to take that battle. Yeah. Like, I don't do it. Like, no, you know, I serve those people <laughs> no one understand that our God has called for us to, to live in this abundance. And once again, in this abundance financially, but it's abundance in every area of your life. And, you know, just being able to, one last scripture, Second Corinthians 9, 8, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will mm-hmm. always have everything you need and plenty left over to share mm-hmm. with others. Love that. That's amazing. Thank yes. you so much for sharing that. <laughs> um, so uh, that's great. Yeah, because I feel like when people say they're Christian and they don't mm-hmm. actually reference specific Bible verses, I'm like, mm-hmm. there's so many practices <laughs> for thousands of years, right? Like people don't even yes. And if you go back to the actual Bible, it actually does promote prosperity. Like uh-huh. the whole book is on prosperity. Maybe like a few verses are misinterpreted, but in general, uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. God wants you to prosper. He doesn't want you to suffer for no reason. Exactly. So thank, thank you for that. So um, what types of people do you work with? Like what, what kind of clients you work with and what were some of their stories? So, yeah, so um, even when I was not saying that I targeted Christian female coaches, I was still attracting Christian women. Mm -hmm. And so these women, they're, you know, in a variety of fields when it comes to to coaching. So it's health, it's business coaches, sales coaches, purpose coaches, you know, so anything in the industry, um, mindset coaches. So those ladies and they come to me, you know, they're generating revenue in their business, but it's not to that level that they desire. And so, you know, usually they're, you know, and it's this whole coveted, you know, $10,000, you know, months in your business, $20,000, $30,000, you know, that type of, of messaging that's out there. And so they desire those things as well, because once again, going back to the prosperity. And so just partnering with them to show how you can generate $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 months, like it can be done. And like I said, you can do it in a way where you're not compromising your values. And Mm -hmm. so they come to me, they're on fire for God. They're on fire for the people that he has called them to serve. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I love to use this phrase, like I merge business strategy with with their faith. And Mm -hmm. that's what we do. So we partner together Mm -hmm. to look at strategies that will help because they're amazing coaches. It's the business side that they're lacking. 
And so just partnering with them. So once again, they have a hunger, they have a desire. And it's just, it's really and truly, you know, working with them. And most of the times it's small tweaks, like we'll make small tweaks in their messaging, small tweaks, even like on their social media platforms. Mm-hmm. And they see huge returns, like within sometimes within days, like a matter of days. Their clients that you know they after making zero the month before, and we're working together, oh, nice. and she's clearing eleven thousand dollars in four days. Wow! So you guys yeah, eleven thousand <laughs> in four days. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's you know, and I and I start them. We we do the organic stuff first to start off with. So even that young lady I just talked about, like she doesn't have a website. She doesn't have an email list. She's like, Debbie, email list. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, you know, just kind of showing her, well, let's leverage what you have right now. Right. And then, you know, grow from there. Um, so yeah, so it's the, the financial part for them has been absolutely amazing. Like I said, it's the 11,000, the 50,000, 130,000, like those types of numbers. Mm-hmm. And so when they see and realize they can do that and it's not a compromise in their values, like they don't have to go out and say and do stuff that's out of alignment. Because like I said, as we go through and we trek together, we are going in and saying, okay, what scriptures can we use to back up whatever it is that we're saying that we're doing? You know, so once again, they're remaining in that alignment. They're remaining in, in integrity. Um, you know, we pray together. Like that's a huge part of what I do. So whether or not it's one-on-one, whether or not we're in, in, in live events, whether or not we're a group, like prayer is also um, just a powerful part because, you know, scripture says, first of all, we're two or three are gathered, he's in our midst. And then, you know, being able to touch and agree with someone else here on earth, knowing that we're able to get, you know, whatever it is that we're asking for when we have that agreement, when we're touching and agreeing with others here. So mm-hmm. prayer is also another powerful piece of it as well. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. And can you tell us, like, were you born into a Christian church? Like, how did you uh start your your journey your in relationship with god <laughs> yes so i am from the south um and yes mom was in church all the time it was mom was in church but not my dad mm-hmm. so we were in church all the time you know it was an old school church so anytime the doors were open we were there sometimes for hours at a time so you know we may get to sunday school at 10 and we may not leave church like two o'clock in the afternoon oh my god wow. and so yeah <laughs> so we were always in there um and then the one part though once we became teenagers my mom she gave us the choice she was like hey you know we can choose whether or not we want to go and so we chose not to (laughs) because we were like you know we were in there all the time it wasn't a lot of kids like they didn't have like now where they have youth services we were in there with the older people like these people and you know we weren't so i didn't know the word for myself uh-huh. And so when I had the opportunity, I was like, look, mama, you know, hey, y'all go ahead, but uh, y'all born in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I kind of left the church when I went to college, I went off to college and I kind of visited a couple of churches or whatever, but I, I was never a member. And uh-huh. so, you know, once I graduated from college and, you know, moved to, I live in Atlanta now, um, I, I ended up finding a church home. And, um, you know, went through a series of events where literally, and I'll never forget, like on the stairs of my house, breaking down, crying, like, God, I can't do this anymore. Like literally breaking down because I was trying to do everything in my own flesh and it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And so that was on like either Friday night or Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And so that Sunday I got up because it was the church I visited when I first moved to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't even know what this church was because it moved. I'm like, I don't know where this church is. And I literally got in my car and started driving. (laughs) <laughs> and I found the church. <laughs> wow. That's divine yeah. intervention for yeah. sure. Exactly, exactly. And so that was when I started my own personal relationship mm-hmm. with God. I was like in my late 20s when that happened. 
And so from that point forward, now almost, you know, 15 years later, you know, still developing the relationship, still honing in, um, still learning God for myself. Because like I said, when I came in, into the online space, I got away from that. Um, like I said, trying to chase all of these shiny objects, trying to chase this person and saying, I can do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, you know, this person don't even serve the person that I serve. So yeah, it crazy <laughs> and I got away from it. So I had to, you know, take some time to kind of get back into developing that personal relationship with him. Thanks for sharing that. I really enjoy sharing like personal faith journeys because mm -hmm. I feel so inspired mm -hmm. by that. So thank you so much. So you've also actually been a teacher. So what do you feel like is the biggest difference between like teaching and coaching or if there's any? Uh, you know, for me, um, I am so grateful and thankful for my background in teaching and training. So mm -hmm. I'm a teacher and a trainer mm -hmm. because not everyone can teach. Yes. Yeah, and so in this coaching space and I see stuff and I, I, I join programs and stuff, I'm like, that's not how you... <laughs> I'm saying things like that's not how you, you know, give information to people. That's not how people learn. Get over me. Yes. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? But <laughs> so, you know, when it comes to my background and just knowing and understanding how to deliver information, um, you know, when it comes to coaching, being able to ask questions, because a lot of times, you know, people jump in and they try to tell someone what to do. And I'm like, that's not how, co that's not coaching. And so for me, the the biggest difference I would say, you know, for me is more of that self-discovery piece mm -hmm. in the coaching. I do that a lot more than I did when I was teaching. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one of the biggest pieces. But once again, there are a lot of similarities. And once again, my background in teaching and training, had, I'm like, I, every day I'm just so grateful. I'm like, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> because it has helped me tremendously and people will say all the time like oh my gosh you made this thing so easy and I'm like because once again I know how to chunk information mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so it's not information overload because a lot of times you know when people mm -hmm. get a lot of information they're going to shut down yes and so you know being able to give them the action steps and they actually take it because I taught middle school um, and so it's, it's like a imagine course, right? it, yeah like, <laughs> imagine trying to teach a 13 year old a, a 13 year old about the Pythagorean theorem you know, and it's 30 of them at one time. Like I had to be able to get that information to them and they had to be able to produce things. And so, you know, I'm like, if I can get a room full of, you know, 30, 30, uh, 13 year olds to do this, oh, I can get a room full of adults to do whatever, you know, X, Y, Z. And so, you know, that's when they say, oh my gosh, you make it so easy. You know, that's another reason why they see the results so quickly is because once again, as I chunk it, they're able to then go and implement. And I tell them all the time, like, if you come to hoard information, keep your money. Like, I don't want to work with you. I, I want to work with people who are ready to take action. Mm. So that's the other amazing piece. That's awesome. So um, I think teaching is kind of like entertaining mm -hmm. and like putting information so that they remember. So like, uh, what? Leah, you cut out. I think middle school students are hilarious. Yeah, can you repeat that? Because that whole sentence blanked out. Oh, okay. As I feel like uh, middle school students are pretty hilarious. Like, what do you find funny? And who are your favorite comedians? <laughs> yeah, middle school. Yeah, that. And it's so, people ask me all the time, like, why that, why that age? And I said, yeah. because I remember, I remember that age. And so mm -hmm. I always say I would never teach any other grade level aside from that. Some of the, like you mm -hmm. said, some of the funniest moments I've ever had. Yeah. Like sometimes I would literally tears rolling down my face in front of the class <laughs> because I'm just like, wow, did you just say that? 
What would they say? I feel like every teacher would start a Twitter account. We uh, could have. A, we could write a book. I used to tell them it. in the office, "Can we sell the videos, <laughs> the, the footage, the security footage? Like, can we sell this? We would make so much money." Yeah. But yeah, it was just hilarious stuff, and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> But even like comedians, um, you know, one of my favorites, uh, his name is Kev on stage. He's a Christian based uh, comedian. Oh, what's his name? And his name is Kev on stage. Kev, Kev on stage. Yeah. And so for me, um, I'm very sensitive about, you know, what I hear and what I listen to and stuff like that. So he doesn't use any profanity. Um, and so, you know, he just comes from that Christian perspective. You know, everything is... Because, you know, in, in this, this world of Christianity, you know, there's some things we look at like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, really, this is what we're doing <laughs> as Christians. <laughs> and so just being able to, to, to listen to him, and he's hilarious. So that would be one of my favorite comedians. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, so how do you juggle, like, because you, you're actually pretty responsible for your family as well. Like, how do you, <laughs> seriously, like, when, I, when you told me your situation, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, and with that particular situation, uh, at one point I had guardianship of my niece and nephew. They were seven and five at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I just did it. I went into autopilot. Like I, I, they needed, uh, my sister needed help. I'm like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And so going from this single woman with no kids to now this single woman with two kids. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> at that point I was still working full time. I, w- I had the business that I was running. So it was a lot. But mm-hmm. I never thought about it. I just did it. And so it wasn't until, so they're, they're now back with their mom. So they're, they're good. Okay. Um, but it wasn't until someone came to me and was like, Bev, how did you do it? And I'm like, do what? They were like, how did you take them in? I said, I just did it. I never thought about it. <laughs> yes. And so even now, you know, juggling, um, you know, it, it's friends now and family and the coaching, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. setting boundaries when it comes to the business. Mm-hmm. and not allowing that to consume me. Like, it's not a 24-7 type of thing. Mm-hmm. And knowing that a lot of us went into entrepreneurship for time and financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And so being able to create a schedule, yeah, that allows me to, you know, to be able to, to, to balance it, to be able to travel when I need to, to be able to spend time, to be able to cut off when I need to. But then also knowing that the financial aspect of the business does allow for me to do those things. Mm-hmm. I love that. So... Um, what do you think separates people who are successful in building wealth versus people who, uh, I guess stay in a poverty mindset. That's the best way for me to say it. Like, what do you think is the difference? So for me, I'm going to take it from my perspective as a Christian. Um, mm-hmm. I think it is them not knowing and understanding who they are, especially if they are a Christian. So knowing and understanding that the life that God has called you to have, like when they actually understand what, what power they have that they can actually tap into. That literally, you know, scripture says, you know, asking you shall receive, you know, and knowing that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So I know a lot of stuff in the, especially in the online space, you know, they have law of attraction, they have, you know, they're talking to the universe and all that stuff. But a lot of that is based in, in, in scripture. And so, you know, and faith is huge according to your scripture. So those people, even if they don't follow Christianity, they're still exercising their faith, the faith in whatever it is that they believe in. And so because of their faith, because of their steadfastness, that's how they're able to accumulate that wealth because they have those strategies that they use and that they implement 
you know, they, they have a structure. So even looking at how you structure your day, that is huge. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, do you have a morning routine, you know, and for, um, you know, for a lot of us, that morning routine, ensuring that it's, it's all encompassing, that it's holistic. So, you know, one of the, the books that I, I love reading is the, uh, what is that? Um, I love reading and I forgot the title. Uh, you know, just where they're talking about the 5 a.m. entrepreneur. So, you know, you're getting up at 5 a.m. and kind of setting the tone. And with that, you're looking at all aspects. So, you know, making sure you get the exercise in, you know, so you get the heart rate going. So, you know, that's the physical part. You know, what are you reading? Um, so what are you feeding your mind, the mental, the, you know, the, the emotional pieces of it? And so, you know, that type of thing, really looking at how you start your day, because that's huge when it comes to, to wealth building. Like if you ask those people who are wealthy, what their day looks like, they'll talk, one thing they'll talk about is how they start their day. And so for a lot of us that don't have that, that morning routine, you know, we, we then become reactive versus proactive. So really and truly being able to command your day is huge when it comes to building the wealth. Um, Another piece to it, I use the word strategy, you know, being strategic in what it is that you do throughout your day. Mm -hmm. Another part is also who you surround yourself with, period. A lot of us, you know, that we surround ourselves with other people that look like us and talk like us because that allows for us to remain comfortable. Mm-hmm. But one thing I was saying was it's, it's, it's different conversation when you're in a room with someone that generates $50,000 a month, that generates $100,000 a month. Mm, absolutely. Um, one of my, yeah, one of my previous coaches, she was sharing how she closed almost $400,000 in sales in a month. Wow. So those conversations look different. Wow. You know, yeah. yeah. So it looks different. And so I encourage people, you know, be around people that make you uncomfortable. And I put that in quotation marks, especially as an entrepreneur, those people mm-hmm. that are where you aspire to be because those conversations are different. They're not on social media complaining that my cousin didn't purchase my whatever. They're not on social media complaining about the, the Facebook algorithm and all. That's not the conversations that they're having. <laughs> yeah. but, but plus your cousin should not buy your courses. Cousin Look, that's a whole other story right there. Look, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're hilarious. So that brings me to another point. So like, how do you determine like, cause I feel like your church is kind of like your company and your people that you surround yourself with. So how do you choose like a mastermind and your church and just like generally who you surround yourself with? And so um, definitely, because one thing I always think about and people, you know, sometimes they cringe uh, when we talk about Jesus and Jesus was an entrepreneur. Jesus had a marketing message. (laughs) Jesus had a mastermind. Jesus, you know, Jesus, when he put his message out there, for some people, it attracted them. Some people, they repel. Just like with us as entrepreneurs, you put your message out there, you stay true to what it is that you believe. You're going to attract those people that you were called to serve. You're going to repel those people that you're not called to do. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. And so he had the same marketing message, you know, was, hey, look, we got to get this. The good news is, and being able to spread the good news of the gospel. Mm-hmm. His mastermind, he had the 12. Oh, you know, he had the 12 that he rolled with. He had his 12 disciples. <laughs> But then, so, you know, he had, he had, I say like, you know, he had his little group program, but then he had his mastermind. He had the three that he took with him, you know, James, John and Peter that went and he did special things and different things with him, Mm -hmm. with them. And so even with that, like, you know, that mindset when it comes to entrepreneurship, and I know for some people, they're like, that's just, that's just blasphemy. You probably would want But, um, you know, when you love this, yes. So yes. So looking at it from that thing, uh, that, that lens. And so, you know, that with who I choose to hang with, even when it comes to choosing a church, 
you know, you want, it's always about finding a church that is Bible based. And so when I talk about Bible based, like that, whoever's ministering or pastoring that church, whatever it is, they should be encouraging you to read the word for yourself. Mm. If they're not encouraging you to read the word for yourself, I have questions of why. Why do they not want their congregation to be educated on what it is that the Bible tells them that they, you know, that they have access to. Mm -hmm. So definitely find one that is Bible-based, one that, um, you know, and, and, and it's being prayerful. Like you had, God, where is it that I'm supposed to be planted? Because, you know, it says in scripture, you know, don't forsake the gathering of other believers. So, you know, definitely being able to gather with other believers is huge. It's important, you know, and, and knowing that the church is made up of people. People are imperfect. And I think sometimes we come into a space when it comes to our church and our places of worship, and we come in here with this false, this false perception that people, everyone, everyone's going to be perfect. There's not going to be any mistakes made. And if someone does something wrong or hurt you, that you automatically run away. And that's not how that works. Because once again, people are still human. People are still human. They're going to make mistakes. So kind of, you know, those would be some of the things that I would kind of, you know, just tell people to, to really and truly to definitely be, be prayerful about where it is that you are planted when it comes to your, your church. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So um, how can we work with you? Um, what's your website? What are the projects that you're, uh, you're now uh, doing? Yes. Yeah, so um, my website is www.beverlywalkhour.com. Um, can you spell your last name, please? Yes. So it's uh, my first name, B-E-V-E-R-L-Y. My last name, W-A-L. T is in Tom, H-O-U-R. So beverlywathour.com. Um, all social media is beverlywathour.com. <laughs> Email beverly at beverlywathour.com. <laughs> um, also, they can certainly catch, I have a TV and radio show. We film and record here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so the radio show comes on Tuesdays from three to four. So certainly if you're, you know, if you follow my, my page or if you go to my website, you can find more information on how to listen in and tune into the radio shows. Um, they air here in Atlanta and uh, in a couple of weeks we'll be picked up in DC and then we're on three internet radio stations as well. So actual FM radio dials and then internet stations as well. And then there's a podcast that goes along with it. And then as far as the coaching aspect, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and then also uh, group coaching. So I do these, uh, I call them like little B12 shots. We do these four week sprints. And so <laughs> those are amazing um, sprints that we do just to show coaches that it doesn't necessarily take you 12 weeks to start generating revenue in your business. You can do five figures in four weeks. Like it is definitely can be done. It's been done. Um, so just kind of showing them with what I, like I said, I call them little B12 shots. So we do those. And then I also have an academy. Um, that is for specifically for Christian female coaches. And so that's another space where we're just growing together as uh, believers in business. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much, Beverly, for this amazingly insightful interview. Uh, I'm going to tell everyone Jesus uh, was a business coach too. So yes. If you're like, Jesus, uh, you should be a business coach, okay? Yes, look, Jesus, uh, he, I, look, he had an entrepreneurial spirit. He did. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, and yeah, with Beverly, obviously. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. So, thank you so much again for this incredible interview. I learned so much from you. I was so um, entertained. Thank you so much. And I hope thank to you. have you on future episodes to come. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Take care.